Welcome to the Contemplative Creative Podcast. This free audio recording is made possible through gifts by people like you. Please consider making a donation or purchasing some of the goods we've made available through the support page of our website to help us offer unique audio teachings on the internet and to grow this community library. Thank you for your support. We can never escape the bias within ourselves, but we can acknowledge it and adjust our conduct accordingly, knowing that it's there. Hello and welcome to episode number 25 of Contemplative Creative. This is an audio podcast that uh, aims to tackle some of the deeper philosophical issues that come up in my life, but I assume they probably come up in others as well, so that's the reason I'm recording this. Um, The goal is to uncover some insights for myself and also for you so that we can each choose to live a bit more intentionally with our lives, find a bit of meaning there rather than just moving along through as we always have. My name, I didn't say it yet, is David Quiring, (laughs) and I will be your host. I would love to live in an honest world. I would love to live in a place where you could trust another person's word to be truthful without question. Every word would have meaning, and we could listen and respond wholeheartedly, knowing that we knew the truth of it and acting in the best way we possibly can. I would love to live in a world like this, but alas... (laughs) I think it's wishful thinking, because I think we've all been taken advantage of at some point when we've made ourselves vulnerable to the world, in moments where we've given our trust, or maybe our help or assistance. Others have abused this generosity for their personal gain, and, you know, that leaves scars. There are a lot of people trying to manipulate us each and every day, most of which are willing to do so in a less than honest way. Whether it's someone you know personally, a politician, or a business's marketing campaign, this has become the status quo to be expected, and it has far and deep-reaching repercussions. Humans are complicated conniving and pursuing self-interests, even if it is at the expense of others. On the one hand, this tendency is how we've been biologically programmed. This ability to trick others so that we ourselves can get ahead was, and still is, a keen survival technique that has set humans apart from other animals, and it's allowed us to prosper in a way that other animals have not. It would seem that we've been wired to be selfishly motivated for survival and success, Whether we frame it for ourselves, individually, or for what we perceive as our group, say, family, nationality, religion, something like that, the mindset is that the success of us can only come at the expense of them, all based on the implicit assumption that there's not enough to go around for all of us to thrive. 
But is this really the case anymore? Well, as so often is the case, our old survival techniques are not well adapted to the modern world in which we now live. With knowledge, advances have come along in, you know, farming, technology, and general optimization everywhere, so much so that survival is kind of figured out our basic needs, you know? Like, we're not foraging, we're not hunting, we're not starving in that same way that we once were. So objectively, we have enough resources to go around. But subjectively, we still feel a scarcity. We don't live in the same survival of the fittest world where this helpful selfish instinct originated from, but the mentality does persist. Us versus them battlefields are set up around polarizing issues. Nationality, race, class, religion, political belief, the list goes on. However we choose to draw the lines in this battle, we skew towards a tendency to identify with a group and then arm ourselves against others with words and violence, never actually solving the problem of separation that the belief system of us versus them creates. It's easy to think that we have it right. That's our perspective. My beliefs are the correct beliefs, and someone with a differing belief just doesn't understand. But the thing is, the person who has a differing belief probably thinks the exact same thing that you're thinking, but about their beliefs. For all the people who devoutly identify with the belief of something, I ask, how did you come to that belief? I ask because often it is entirely circumstantial which is not a bad thing, but something to be aware of. You were born into a certain set of circumstances, a family that held a certain value, for example, or you found yourself surrounded by people of similar belief systems in school, church, work, whatever. To put it bluntly, by way of a rather extreme but clear example, if you were born into a Christian home, you probably grew up to be a Christian, but that's mainly because that's what you were born into. Now, if you were born into a Muslim home, you would probably grow up to be Muslim, or Hindu, or Sikh, or even atheist. The point is, the circumstances kind of define who we become. So, can you start to see that any of our beliefs are well, not so absolute in correctness? Largely, it's all circumstantial. But still, we judge others for the circumstances they were born into without any choice on their part. How many words and weapons have been flung from one side against the other because the us is not a part of them? Or better put, the them is not part of us. I don't think anybody was ever born bad. I've never seen a baby and thought, oh, that child's going to become, okay, I've seen some troublemakers, but those were toddlers. You know, it's like, they're going to become something when they grow up. But a baby, 
I've never seen a bad baby. I think we have a pure original nature, like a blank slate, and we are all brought up to believe certain things. Certain things that serve us in a complicated world full of challenges where we have to survive. We learn from those around us how to answer this and solve this challenge. This generation is the product of the previous generation, and them the one before that, and on and on. There needs to be a responsibility acknowledged that who we are now is the product of those who came before each of us. All of it, both the good and bad. In a world full of complex problems, laying the blame on any one individual or type of individual is something we want. Because it assumes a simplistic, tangible solution. But honestly, it's not so simple. It's hard to point at the root of something complex because the roots spread out so much. And you can't point at one particular part of the whole root system and say, there's the problem. It's just a piece of the larger puzzle, just as you are. In a very real sense, we are living out the consequences of those who came before us, which have heavy momentum and have taken many, many years, which means they're not going to change overnight, and we can't just point at it and snap and solve it. There's momentum there, for sure. And it will take a lot of effort to shift that momentum and, and time. But it can still be shifted by wise action if we choose to on our part. I think, for myself at least, it helps to uh, think about this in terms of not solving all the problems, but working towards positive change and that being... <sighs> Not satisfaction enough, but um, enough to inspire us to keep working at it. Enough to be able to sleep at night confident that you, you did do something today. You did make a difference. You, you didn't just roll over and take the easy way. You're, you're, you're trying. You know, nothing is black and white, but... Increasingly, we are being told it has to be. If you're not for us, you're against us. You know? But where does this mentality get us? In the hurt thrown against the other, the divide between groups of people gets larger and reinforces the negative stereotypes. More anger, more hurt, more frustration from everyone involved, including yourself. If you're not for us, you're against us. No, <laughs> I don't think that's true. I can hold a different belief and still respect yours. If we can stay out of judgment and the divides that it supports, diversity is a strength, not a weakness. Exposure to different opinions is good for us. It challenges us. It challenges each of us to consider things we might not have thought of before. And that's a good thing because it either A, clarifies what we already believed and reinforces our reasoning behind that, or it challenges us and we 
choose to refine our own beliefs. Because honestly, beliefs are shifting. They aren't rigid. We believe something based on all the information available to us, and that changes. We are constantly evolving our mindsets, so why pretend like it is rigid? We don't have to agree on everything, but in the simple act of listening openly without judgment, we can all be heard and avoid clinging to inaccurate stories in our minds about whomever we've labeled the other. We all have bias, opinions formed on the path that we've walked from the womb to become the person we are right now. We can never escape the bias within ourselves. It will always be there because we are one person with one perspective. But we can acknowledge this bias and in so doing, adjust our conduct accordingly knowing that it's there with awareness. This means we might not be correct in our thoughts. Wait, we might not be correct in our thoughts? <laughs> At first, this realization is perhaps frightening. What can I trust if I can't trust myself? But ultimately, I think it's actually liberating. Because admitting our bias and subjective opinion frees us from the pressure to not make a mistake. This allows us true freedom of thought and a flexibility to go along with it. We can, and we will, make mistakes. This is inevitable for all of us. But now, in acknowledging it, we can let ourselves learn from these unavoidable shortcomings and continue to move forward. Then, we can drop the walls we've built to protect our ego and be both vulnerable with others and intimate with the world. It's okay to admit you might not have it right. Only from here can we truly empathize with others and begin to understand where they're coming from, how where they've come from has colored their view of the world and influenced the way they act. Could you imagine if both sides of an issue assumed this understanding of not knowing? I can almost imagine it would lead to constructive discussion. <laughs> Can't you? The ultimate form of compassion is understanding that if you were in the exact same position as your enemy, whoever that might be, in the exact same position with the same childhood, experiences, influences, and opportunities that led to who they are today, well, you would ultimately be the same kind of person making the same kind of choices. This is karmic influence. The idea that manifestation of everything is the result of cause and effect, including who we are as individuals. With such an understanding, an individual can't really be blamed alone because they are the product of something more, the whole with which we are all a part. These external problems are not just out there, they're in all of us, and that's because we are the product of all that came before us. This holistic realization drops the divide of us versus them, and it transforms that divisive anger into a more productive compassion. Through empathy, you understand the other and realize they aren't actually an other at all. 
just as you are. They are simply another product of this greater ecosystem in which we are all part. Thinking of it as such helps us get past those knee-jerk judgments that end up at dead ends in terms of actually moving forward. This doesn't mean you have to love or condone their actions, but you can love and empathize with the person behind the actions. And that's a starting point to actually meet one another and have a conversation. Every judgment has a point of reference that it stands on, and that point of reference is what makes it a problem. So we have to be able to see the point of reference and beyond judgment with empathy. Black and white mindsets in a world that is anything but only exacerbates problems. The key to healing is open conversation between opposing viewpoints without judgment. We need to stop taking things so personally and think critically, understanding the nuances of the arguments between our beliefs as much as those of the opposing view. Then, armed with information instead of just emotion, everyone can make their own choices with as little ignorance as possible. With the democratization that the internet provides, there is a certain court of public opinion that has arisen these days. Polarizing, emotionally charged issues trigger people into huge viral movements, sometimes for the better, and sometimes for the worse. These kinds of things have had profound positive impacts on exposing and eradicating corruption in many places in the world. But too often it goes the other way and promotes negative untruths, conclusions based on accusations, speculation, and lack of complete information in general. This plays into our old us-versus-them instinct and exacerbates the divide between groups of people. The court of public opinion is driven by emotionally charged headlines more than any nuanced logic. A controversial headline or hashtag forces you to take a strong opposition or no action at all, all based on 140 characters or less. It's an easy emotional reaction, one that is instinctual in origin as I talked about, but one that is also often taken advantage of by those incentivized by demanding our attention. News agencies paid by advertising views, people trying to win you over to their side or taint their opposition's reputation and on and on. A good rule of thumb is that whenever an important issue is presented to you as black and white, a red flag should go up to be cautious. Such as it is, we've all learned the hard way that we live in a world where trustworthiness is not the baseline, but rather it is something that is earned and proved on a case-by-case basis. Each of us needs to remember that it is good to be cautiously skeptical in who we choose to give our trust. It often means accepting the responsibility of doing some extra legwork looking into things more deeply ourselves, but it protects us from the dangers of naivety and the consequences of ignorance. We need to look at the facts beyond headlines and trends, think critically, and arrive at our own informed opinions. In this way, we can form a real argument and respectfully discuss it with others, perhaps with differing opinions, reserving the right to always refine our viewpoints as we become aware of more information and arguments, and hopefully they will as well. When faced with the choice of two polarizing opinions, the only other responsible reaction is to admit 
I don't know enough to have a strong opinion when it comes up in discussion. Then you can move forward from this blank foundation to form your opinion rather than merely hopping on one trending bandwagon or the other. Just because a certain belief is popular doesn't mean it is correct, and so the court of public opinion does not determine truth. In a lot of cases, public outcry is fueled by emotion rather than looking at the whole picture. And that's not what any judgment should be based upon. There is a reason why we have judges in positions of, well, judgment. Because they have dedicated their lives to developing objective discernment as best they can. Yes, there will always be subjective bias in judges as well as us, but they have been trained to work with it in very specific ways that most of us have not. We can't get rid of bias, but we can see it and try to not let it control us. While this is something I hope we can all strive for within ourselves moving forward, the reality is that most people today don't know how to recognize their bias and pursue objectivity. There is certainly value in the public exercising their right to free speech and making their opinions heard in protests, letters, public debate, and yes, even the online social movements. It keeps authority accountable and aware of the values of the people. But we also need to recognize and respect the position we, as society, have put an authority in. Not accusing them because we don't like their final decision on something. In many cases, they're in positions to make better judgments than us, knowing more information and, well, the bigger picture. This is not to say that we defer absolutely to authority. In fact, I encourage quite the opposite. We need to be more critical of systems of power, but smartly so. If we merely hop on the bandwagon because we collectively disagree with something, we are prone to digging our heels in on the polar opposite position. While this is completely fine if we have good reason to choose that stance, taking it when you don't have a greater understanding of it puts you in a position where you cannot defend it with reason, and even if it's a good thing to be standing behind, you can't back it up and it kind of can hurt that whole position because you can't talk about it in a logical way with the others. This only hurts whatever position you're taking and doesn't move things along to any sort of reconciliation. Take a strong stance, but make sure you can express it to others. Criticism should come from a place of trying to see clearly and objectively. In so doing, we can begin to work with these big, divided issues we face. In a sense, this is a path towards becoming a peacemaker in a warring world. Working with what we have, perhaps we can shift the momentum of things in our lifetime and for the next generation to come. Unfortunately, dishonesty is a prevalent reality in the world today. As such, we can't blindly trust so we have to move forward with cautious skepticism, approaching everything with an open mind in an effort to discern the honest truth of things and see more clearly. This, of course, is an ideal. And as an ideal, it's not something to ever fully be achieved, but it is something which we continuously can point ourselves toward to hope and try to be better. We need to act consciously. Every human will always have bias, and this cannot be eradicated. But what we can do is try our best to see beyond it and act accordingly. 
What we need to be wary of are moments where our outlook becomes black and white or absolute. It seems counterintuitive, but these are the times when we really need to soften our stance so that our foundation can be built upon discernment rather than reactive emotion. This is not to encourage distancing oneself or to excuse someone from their actions. In fact, it's quite the opposite. To engage with the world more intimately, we need to accept responsibility for our actions and bring clear intention to them. Do the work to form one's own opinion as best you can and give yourself, and all those you interact with, a good foundation to work from. In a world that tries to incite blind emotional reaction as a means of rallying support, this is particularly tough. The divides seem to be getting wider these days. Conversations devolving into people shouting opposing views at each other and getting nowhere. But this middle way of open-minded action that I'm talking about is a path towards healing. Healing the deep emotional, psychological, social, environmental, systematic, political, and on and on. All of these wounds and traumas which we all face. In any of these cases, the path following either polarizing view leads to a dead end and a wide divide in terms of progress. Instead of walking this way, look to the narrow and winding middle path rooted in respect and understanding that continues on into the distance. It is always healthy to assume the opinion that you might not know the truth of something, because you very well might not, and at least this way you can keep an open mind. Step by step, I believe we can move down this path towards positive social change. We can do more than just survive, as we were once programmed. We can thrive. Whew. Okay. I think that's all I gotta say on that. <laughs> that brings us to the end of another episode. The best way to support Contemplative Creative continues to be helping us spread the word about what we're discussing over here. We want to keep this thing going and growing, but we can't do that without you, the listener. So if you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with a friend, family member, or stranger even. And if you don't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a minute, please take a moment to leave us a positive review on iTunes, because that really helps other people discover us amidst the growing noise of the internet. I'd really appreciate it. In the meantime, you can stay connected with us between episodes by joining Contemplative Creative on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links to all of that and more are over at our website at www.contemplativecreative.com. And I think that's it for now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take care. We can never escape the bias within ourselves, but we can acknowledge it and adjust our conduct accordingly knowing that it's there. <laughs>